So we hope you had a great time of rest and refreshing, but we're so glad you're back. And why don't we give her a hand while she comes and shares a word. Fantastic. Thank you so much, um, Adele. It's good to be back in the house. And um, Revival Series, week three, we're wrapping up today. And you know our heart for this Revival Series is, first of all, we understand what Revival is. You know, what is revival? And second is that we first see revival in our own hearts and our own lives because revival has to start with us, right? It has to start with us. You know, there's a scripture in the Psalm 85, I think it is, revive me again, O Lord. Revive us again, O Lord. Revival has to start with us. And then seeing revival in our church, in our community, in our city, in our nation, in our workplace, in our families, to see that, to see it all around us. That is our heart as we kickstart this revival series. Because this is, this is our first revival series we've done, actually. So even though we're wrapping up today, this is kickstarting us for the future. Amen? And so, you know, because if there's ever been a time for revival, surely the time is now. Surely the time is now with darkness surrounding us. Sometimes it feels as if it's closing in on us. You just have to watch the news or read the the news for five seconds to see that, to see what's happening around the world, to see what's happening in Sydney, to see what's happening in these places and even in our own families at times. You know, our culture and our society are getting further and further away from God's truth. It's going further into deception, further into rebellion, further into confusion. We've got people looking for what they think is freedom and what they're finding is more bondage, except they think it's freedom and they're going to find themselves more tied up in bondage and we're desperately called to pull them back. How are we going to do that? We want to see revival an awakening, a realisation, a repentance, a humbling, a touch from God where we see people turning back to the things of God. Surely now is a time for revival, to see people dead in their spirit come alive, to see people radically touched by Jesus, to see our loved ones encounter God's love. Surely now is the time. Do you agree? Surely it has to be. The Bible says in Ezekiel 36, 26, I will give you a new heart and put a new spirit in you. I will remove from you your heart of stone. What? I don't have a heart of stone. What you do if you don't know Jesus. And I'll give you a heart of flesh. Surely the time is now. Pastor, uh, not Jacob, you're Adele. Pastor Adele (laughs) uh, spoke so incredibly uh, well, for our first, whoops, uh, first week, she spoke on the importance of unity, how unity is so key if we want to see revival. You know, when the disciples gathered together, it says they, they united in prayer. They were of one accord. They are the same spirit. They came together in one place. You know, you get people that say, I don't need to be in church. I just do. It's just me and God. Well, that's not what the Bible says. The Bible says gather with other believers. It ain't just you and God. It has to be with other believers plus God. Amen. You know, one of our values at Everyday Church is unity, that we would run in one accord in the same spirit, that we are more powerful together, that together we can change the world. Amen. Unity is essential if we want to see revival. And last week, Pastor Jacob preached about us getting back to our first love. (sighs) Let's get back 
to our first love. You remember when you first fell in love with Jesus Christ and if you're a new believer, just ignore what I'm saying right here because you're in it right now and that's fantastic for you. Don't ever lose it. But we're called not to lose it. We are called not to lose our first love where we were first touched by God, where we were first, where we couldn't wait to be in God's word, where we couldn't wait to be in God's house, where we couldn't wait to be in, in prayer, where we just couldn't, we, we said we'd do anything. We said, use me, God. And then he uses us and we feel used. We sung that song. I will follow you to the ends of the earth. I will go, Lord, I will go. I surrender. I remember picturing myself right now when I said that. And then we start doing things out of a love for God, but somewhere along the way we lose that. Revelation chapter 2 verse 2 says, I know your deeds, your hard work and your perseverance. I know that you cannot tolerate wicked people, that you have tested those who claim to be apostles but are not and have found them false. You have persevered and have endured hardships for my name and have not grown weary. Yet I hold this against you. You have forsaken the love you had at first. God wants us to come back to him, to come back to that first love, that intimacy with Jesus Christ because revival has to start right there out of your relationship, your intimacy with Jesus. It comes out of the overflow of that. And Pastor Jacob uh, encouraged us in that. And, you know, today what I want to do, if I speak quickly enough, is that I want to pray for every single person in this room. I want to pray for us. If you'd like to, you don't have to. But I just really believe that we all need a fresh and filling of the Holy Spirit. We all need a touch from God. We all need to be filled again with the Holy Spirit. Yes, there's the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And if you're not baptised in the Holy Spirit, we can do that this morning. But we need a touch from God. We need to be reignited. We need to fan the flames again if we want to see revival in this church and in our city and throughout the nation. So get ready. We're not just sitting today. We're going to eventually get up and come forward and myself and Adele and Jacob are going to pray for everyone that wants prayer because we need to ignite those flames today. You know, I went on holidays with some friends uh, a few years ago and Ben, our friend, uh, said to us, he, he, he shared with us that when he was 13 years of age, he said his friends invited him to church. And so he went to uh, their youth group and he said he went for a few times and then he stopped going. He said he didn't know why he stopped going, he just stopped going. And then... Um, Four years later, he said when he was 17 years of age, he said he woke up and he just felt this urge to get to church. He didn't know why. He just knew he had to be there that day. He didn't get it, but he had this drawing, this sense, this urge. And so he got up and he got dressed and he went to the same church that his friends had taken him four years earlier. And so he just kept going each Sunday and four weeks after he started going, he gave his heart to Jesus Christ and he said he hasn't looked back since. And he's, he's doing amazing things for God's kingdom. He's got his own business. He's a generous giver. I serve on the board of Teen Challenge with him, beautiful wife, family, etc. But what I found very interesting was is that church was in the middle of a month of prayer and fasting. It was the prayers of the church that were drawing him in. 
to where he needed to be. The prayers of the church were paving the way, drawing him back to where he needed to be. You know, we have two kingdoms in the spiritual realm. We've got the kingdom of darkness and we've got the kingdom of light. Colossians chapter 1 verse 13 says, For he has rescued us from the dominion of darkness and brought us into the kingdom of the Son he loves, in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. Praise Jesus for the forgiveness of sins. Amen. You know, I found in my own personal journey that the devil does not like to go down without a fight. And I'll tell you what, he's been in fine form this week. (laughs) Fine form this week. But he ain't going to win. Why? Because God's already got the victory. Amen. Jesus has the victory. Amen. And I remember not long after I gave my heart to Jesus Christ, I could literally feel the battle in the spiritual realm. I could feel it. And I knew that there was a fight for my life. I knew that the spirit of darkness was trying to draw me out of my newfound freedom in Jesus Christ and it couldn't get me during the day because I was like this. But at night, it came in my dreams and it was this big black hole and I saw these black creatures being sucked into this big black hole and it was trying to take me down with them. The spiritual battle is real. It was a fight for my life. The devil is serious about not wanting us to be in God's kingdom. He's serious. And all the people that are sitting in their homes or at sport or wherever they are right now, there's no way he wants them in God's kingdom. The devil is serious about us not wanting us to choose God. He doesn't want us, he doesn't want to see revival. He doesn't want to see unity. He'll do, he'll try, he'll, you know he gets in there to divide, to do whatever he can within churches, within marriages, within families. He doesn't want to see unity because he understands the power in unity. He doesn't want to see us gathering together. He doesn't want to see you gathered in church. He doesn't want to see you gathered in growth group. He'll do all he can to distract you. Everything he can because he understands the power. You know, on the day of Pentecost, it says they were gathered in one place. They were gathered together in one place because there's power in unity. He doesn't want us to be in in God's word. There's always a Netflix series that pops up. Oh, 10 more episodes. Awesome. (laughs) What about Jeremiah chapter 1? I'll just watch the 10 episodes first. And then I'll get to Jeremiah chapter 1, no problem. He does these things. We have to be aware of the devil's tactics because he plays dirty. He does. And subtle. And sometimes it's not even subtle. It's like, are you kidding me? That was so obvious. I know what you're doing. He doesn't want to see signs and wonders and miracles and healings. He doesn't want us, he doesn't, he just doesn't want us to see us walk in the fullness of all God has for us. He prowls around like a roaring lion seeking who he may devour. Are you depressed yet? (laughs) The good news is there's always good news. And the good news is, is that Jesus has the victory. God is on our side. 
There is a battle, yes there is, but we already have the victory. Greater is he that is in me than he that is in this world. If my God is for me, who can be against me? We have the victory, amen? The devil may not want to see these things, but God does. And we want to see them. We want to see an outpouring of God's spirit. Who wants to see an outpouring of God's spirit? We want to see a hunger like never before. We want to see our loved ones encounter God's love. We want to see signs and wonders and miracles. We want to see expansion and growth in God's kingdom. We want to see our community come through these doors and be touched by the presence of God. We want to see our family members come through these doors and touched by the presence of God. We want to see people turning their hearts back to God. We want to see the next generation choosing Jesus, our children, our children's children and their children as well. We want to see that because the world is moving further and further away from God's truth, which puts more responsibility on us as believers because the schools, (laughs) you should see the stuff they're trying to bring in. And it ain't very biblical. So we have a greater responsibility to this. And if we want to see it all, then we're going to have to fight for it. Who's up for the fight? Not in the physical, but you know how we fight? We've said it before and we've been talking about it all morning. We fight with prayer. We're not going to see revival without prayer prayer in our personal lives and prayer corporately because we can't do it in our own flesh. We can't do it with arguments and debates and manipulation and guilt trips. It's not going to happen. We're going to have to do it through prayer and that's how we have been doing it. Galatians 3.3 says, Are you so foolish after beginning by means of the Spirit? Are you now trying to finish by means of the flesh? We can't do this in our flesh In the book of Acts, it says the disciples gathered together and they were united. What? In prayer. They were united in prayer. That's why our leaders here at Everyday Church gather on a monthly basis. They come together to pray. Did you know that? That's what we do. Why? Because we understand the power of prayer. We understand that. We understand that our prayers are paving the way. That's why we have a pre-service prayer meeting at 9.30am where our teams and whoever else wants to come, it's open to everyone to pray. Why? Because we understand the power of prayer. Otherwise, we're just spinning our wheels. Really, what's, what are we doing? It's the power of prayer. That's why we set time aside in our growth groups and we encourage you to be in one because we, that's where we pray. We pray for you personally and we pray for our church and we pray for each other and we pray for our community, our city, our nation, the world, prayer. You know, our movement can be traced all the way back to the Azusa Street Revival in 1906 in LA and this changed the world of Christianity and it all began with 15 people, including children, in a prayer meeting in somebody's house. And it literally exploded across the world and it grew with such speed. And our ACC movement, the church, what we are a part of, can be traced back to then. I find that mind-blowing. It's absolutely incredible. You know, Daniel in the Bible was a man of personal prayer. Despite his circumstances, he got taken as a slave to a godless foreign land surrounded by godless people, but that didn't stop him. 
three times a day, he opened up his window that faced Jerusalem and he prayed. He was faithful to his God. He was committed. It didn't matter what was going on around. He didn't get sucked in with the fear and the circumstance and just getting, letting it get into his head. He stayed steady and steadfast and committed to what he knew was right. At one stage, he got thrown into the lion's den. <laughs> Have you been thrown into a lion's den yet? <laughs> but he came out of there without a scratch. Why? Because he trusted in his God. He trusted in his God. Then he enters into 21 days of prayer and fasting. And three days after the fast was completed, a heavenly being visits him, a messenger from God, and says this, Daniel chapter 10, verse 12. Then he continued, Do not be afraid, Daniel, since the first day that you set your mind to gain understanding and to humble yourself before your God, your words were heard and I have come in response to them. But the prince of the Persian kingdom resisted 21 days. Then Michael, one of the chief princes, came to help me because I was detained there with the king of Persia. He had to get his mate, Prince Michael, to come help him. Now I have come to explain to you what will happen to your people in the future for the vision concerns a time yet to come. We can clearly see here the spiritual battle that takes place. He, he, the, this messenger of God uh, faced opposition. He was detained for 21 days. He couldn't get to Daniel to respond to his prayers because he was held up in, the spiritual, in a spiritual battle. That's serious stuff. That's how important it is. And so uh, that's why it's so key is that we pray and we keep on praying and we don't stop. Daniel kept praying. He wasn't even aware of what was happening. He just kept praying and he kept praying and he kept praying and he fasted and he prayed. And then three days later, he got his answer. We're not to give up. We continue to pray. We continue to persevere. Sometimes our answers are delayed, yes, but maybe it's because there's a battle happening in the spiritual realm and we keep going. What's important though is to note is how Daniel approached God in prayer. I think this is, it's important how we pray. And if you read what it says, it says that, that, that he had set his mind to gain understanding and to humble himself before God. So Daniel's stance was a, was a stance of humility. He came humbly before his God. Sometimes we think, I think anyway, I don't know about you, but we think we know it all. We think we already got the answers. We think, God, this is the answer, just do it this way, please, then we're good. But it doesn't say that in the Bible. It says to come humbly before your God. And, and Daniel, Daniel said he had set his mind to gain understanding. We come before God to, to gain understanding because we don't know everything. We come before him humbly. We come before him in a stance of humility. He didn't profess to know everything. 2 Chronicles 7.14 says, If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and I will forgive their sin and I will heal their land. You know, we need to come to God. We need to approach God in humility. You know, we're only breathing right now because of him, aren't we? Only because of him. 
We can be humble just on that point, right? (laughs) To see revival, a humbling needs to take place. A recognition, a repentance that he is God and I am not. He is God and I am not. Isaiah 57, 15 says, The high and lofty one who lives in eternity, the holy one says this, I live in the high and holy place with those whose spirits are contrite and humble. I restore the crushed spirit of the humble and revive the courage of those with repentant hearts. He revives the courage of those with repentant hearts. Are there areas in our lives where we need to repent? Lord, I'm sorry for doing things my own way. I'm sorry for thinking that I know everything. I'm sorry for for going off with my own plan. Lord, what do you want? Lord, I come humbly before you. God, I cry out to you. Father, I seek you. Lord, God calls us to humble ourselves before him. And you know, what I really want to do and I really feel led by God to do is us as a church, we're going to be launching seven days of prayer and fasting. And we're going to kick off on Monday the 2nd of August and we're going to go to the 9th of August. Because if now, if ever, is a time to praise right now. If now is ever a time to fast is, is right now with what's happening. Just in Sydney alone. We don't want that here. And we need to pray for them. And so we're going to start on Monday the 2nd of August and we're going to pray for our families, for our church, for our city, for our nation and for the world. Is that okay? Who's with me? What we're also going to be doing, that was barely a clap. Who's with me? Are you there? (laughs) Praise Jesus. What else we're going to be doing? We're going to be doing it because this is serious, guys, and I really feel God's laid this upon my heart. We really need to rise up as Christians, as believers and get praying. And I know we have been and, uh, you know, maybe, you know, we have been, I get that. But we need to step it up. We need to step it up. And so what I also want to do is on Wednesday, starting this Wednesday, 9am, right here in this hall, for whoever can make it on a fortnightly basis, we're having a one hour prayer meeting. We're going to pray through this building. We're going to pray over the chairs. We're going to pray around the building. We're going to pray for our community. We're going to pray for our city. We're going to pray for our nation. We're going to break strongholds. We're going to do what we've got to have to do to see revival. Amen. So everybody or whoever is, I understand some of you have work and and different things, but if you can make it and you want to be a part of this and then one day you can look and see the people and go, I remember Padbury Hall, 9am. Wednesday I was there so if you want to come we're starting this Wednesday um, and um, so we're going to be doing that but you know the good news is is that as believers we don't need to run from the spiritual realm we don't need to run from the spiritual realm because our father in heaven has given us a gift he promised us the gift and that gift was the Holy Spirit and what comes with the Holy Spirit comes a power And that power is given to you so that you can see healings and signs and wonders through you, through your life. Not so you can see the pastor do it, but literally through you. And and that power also is for you to preach the gospel to your workplace, to your family members, to your friends, whoever it may be. He gave it to his disciples and he gave it to us. Acts chapter 1 verse 4. On one occasion while he was eating with them, he gave them this command. Do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gifts my father promised you, which you have heard me speak about. For John baptized with water, but in a few days you'll be baptized with the Holy Spirit. 
It's very clear there that you have salvation, you get given the Spirit of God, but there's a separate thing that takes place and that's baptism in the Holy Spirit. And the gift of the Holy Spirit is available for every single believer. Acts 1.8 says this, But you'll receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you and you'll be my witnesses telling me, telling people about me everywhere in Jerusalem, throughout Judea, in Samaria and to the ends of the earth. You know, one of the reasons why uh, the Azusa Street Revival was set apart from other believers at that time was because they believed in the baptism of the Holy Spirit. In fact, the, the guy who was William Seymour, who was the, the pastor of the Azusa Street Revival, actually lost his pastoral job because he was teaching and preaching on the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And so because he lost his job as a pastor, because he was teaching and preaching that back then, that's why he started the prayer meeting. That's why he started the prayer meeting and that's where things exploded from there and that's why we call ourselves Pentecost today. I don't even understand why there's a debate about baptism in the Holy Spirit. It's so very clear in the Bible and we see it in the book of Acts as well in the early church. The very first time people were baptised in the Holy Spirit was the day of Pentecost. And that's why we're called Pentecostals, because the day of Pentecost. It says in Acts 2, when the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place. Again, in one place. That's why it's good to be in one place. Uh, Suddenly a sound like the blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. They saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them. And all of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. If you're baptised in the Holy Spirit, you understand what I'm talking about. God was good on his promise. And one of the ways you receive the baptism in the Holy Spirit is by people laying hands on you and praying for you. It says in Acts 8 verse 15, when they arrived, they prayed for the new believers So that's why we know it's not just for the disciples. They prayed for the new believers there that they might receive the Holy Spirit because the Holy Spirit had not yet come on any of them. They had simply been baptised in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, salvation. Then Peter and John placed their hands on them and they received the Holy Spirit. It's so important if you're a believer that you get baptised in the Holy Spirit because that's where the power comes. That's where God begins to move powerfully in your life. And so, but what we also see and what I want to do today, because a lot of us would be baptised in the Holy Spirit, is we want to lay hands and we want to pray for a fresh and filling. Uh, just that God touch you again, be reignited, fan the flames. And we see that in the Bible as well. Acts 4.31, now it says, after they prayed. Now, they, these people were already baptised in the Holy Spirit. But it says the place where they were meeting was shaken Imagine if the building starts shaking now, hey? What'd we do? And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and spoke the word of God boldly. So they were filled again. You continue to be filled. It's a fresh and filling. It's so important. And some of us need that today. We need it to rise up and do what God's calling us to do so we can keep praying, so we can help others through the things that they're experiencing, so that we can say, hey, they, someone say, I'm feeling like this. Hey, let me pray for you. Hey, why don't you come to church? Hey, I understand you're feeling like that, but God is good and he's got a plan and he's got the victory so that we can be those people because like, people need it. Our world needs it right now. Amen? Amen. Let's stand.
Thank you, Father God. Let's begin to play and thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord God. Praise you, Jesus. Let's lift our voices. If you pray in tongues, begin to pray in tongues. Thank you, Father God. Praise you, Jesus. I can't hear you, church. Are you there? Are we a Pentecostal church? Where are we? Come on. Praise you, Father God. We worship you, Lord God. We give you all glory, Father. We say, come and do what you want to do in us, Lord God. Touch us, revive us, refresh us, Lord God. Reignite that flame again, Father God. Move in our hearts, Lord God. Have your way, Father God. We worship you, Lord God. Thank you, Father God. Praise you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord God. Let's get, let's get some music going. Let's get a bit faster. Let's build it up. Thank you, Jesus. Praise you, Father God. We worship you, Lord God. Thank you, Jesus. You are worthy, Lord God. Thank you, Jesus. Lord, I pray you touch your people right now, Lord God. If you want prayer, come forward and we'll pray for you. Thank you, Jesus. Praise you, Father God. Let's worship, team. Thank you, Lord God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father God. Praise you, Jesus. If you want to get baptized in the Holy Spirit, come forward. You're not baptized. You're not baptized in the Holy Spirit. You want to be again. Thank you.
Thank you, Lord God. Lord, I just want to pray for every single person here, Lord God. We just thank you for them, Father God. I just pray that they continue to stay on your path, Lord, that they keep their eyes firmly fixed on you, that they wouldn't look to the left or to the right, Lord God, that they wouldn't allow fear to come and, and drag their feet out from underneath them, Lord God. We pray for your peace that surpasses all understanding, Lord God. And we just come before you humbly, Lord, and we say, do what you want to do, Lord. And I just want to close the service right now, but before we do that, I want to pray for anyone that has not entered into a personal relationship with Jesus Christ online or in the building, if that's you, if you follow after me. God, I thank you that you sent your son Jesus to die on a cross for me. I ask that you forgive my sins, wash me clean, and today I choose to live for you. In Jesus' name and all God's people said, Amen. Woohoo! Fantastic. Well, next Sunday, um, we have Mel Crothers in the building. We're going to give these guys a break because they've done so incredibly well. Mel Crothers is going to come and lead us in worship. And we're kicking off a new series called the Empower Series. And so we're going to be starting that next Sunday. So why don't you invite a friend and uh, stick around and eat some cake. Eat some cake for Adele. Is that okay? We love you guys. If you still want prayer, come forward. We can pray for you. We love you and we'll see you next Sunday.